It's Dr. Stu's Podcast. <laughs> With me, your host, Dr. Stuart Fishbein from Bliss's Kitchen. Uh, home birth I'm sideways, pr- okay. practitioner and advisor to many people. Oh, we are sideways, okay. I'm here with my best sidekick, not wearing masks. We demasked ourselves today. Yes, we did. For you. Taking it off. There we go. Um, And this is our version of Dr. Seuss podcast while our producer is still... (laughs) Our producer is still locked out. We hope that uh, you'll stay with us for the next hour. Got a lot to talk about. Liz has got a lot on her mind. Last week I had a lot on my mind. Yeah, well, it's, it's all relevant now. Uh, you can find us here. Well, you've obviously found us. If you found us, I don't have to go through all that stuff. I just wanted to play the theme music because I missed it. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Hans Zimmer, for Cornfield Chase from Interstellar. All right. I'll make sure my phone is off. Hi, Bliss. How are you? Hi, everyone. We're so happy to see you. And um, we, you had a birth last night. Yesterday afternoon. Yeah. Morning. Yeah. Yes, I had a breech birth. It was great. It's a primate uh, in Ventura County. Great, great family. Just a great family. Um, so happy they could get the birth that they wanted. They were planning to do it at the birth center. And just as I had predicted with them at the several visits, I said, well, why would you ever want to leave your house? <laughs> and then, uh, like, halfway through labor, the husband says, can we just stay home? Oh, really? Yeah. And they oh, did. Wow. And they had it there. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was great. It was a complete breach. The feet were the feet popped out, and the, one foot was sticking out for about a half an hour. Once you got the baby to come around the corner. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. But the baby sounded good. Yeah. So. I have a video. But yeah. Well, the baby came out screaming. Yeah. It was great. I love the little baby toes coming out first. Oh, and it was wiggling its toes. It, we knew right off the bat that it had proper Babinski and plantar reflexes. <laughs> Which is a reflex on the bottom of the little baby's foot. Yeah. Um, so, so that was good, but th- that's not what's been really keeping me busy. I'm so glad that that's off the slate now because May is coming up, and uh, it's really extremely busy for me. I've got three sets of twins, a uh, couple births with you, another one of my own. Uh, I'm sure there'll be add-on 42-weekers and breaches and stuff like that, so it's crazy. But what's really been going for me and what's really new since the last time we actually had a had a FaceTime with you guys is um, the virtual medicine that's going on. I know that you've been doing it too. Yeah, telemedicine. But I have been I have been talking to people from all over the country who have been writing in looking for options, and I spend an hour, up to an hour with each one of them. I've probably been doing two or three on average a day, and I love it. I love I love sitting at my desk at home, you know, drinking orange juice or you know having a conversation with people. And uh, it make, makes me feel really good to share information and to make people feel confident about the choices because so many people now are, are nervous. Who They were planning a hospital birth or whatever, and they've just, they're not worried about catching COVID-19 at the hospital. They're worried about being separated from their husband or their doulas, that sort of thing. So, uh, and I've been talking to, you know, plain regular head down, singleton moms, twin moms, breech moms, sharing information with them. It's been great. Have you been doing that? Um, in terms of inquiries or telemedicine? Both. Yeah, well, I, I don't love it as much as you do. I like being with people. <laughs> I oh, like touching exciting. people. I like seeing people. I like the energy. Um, you know, so it's not my favorite, but yes, I have been doing it to try and um, limit how much exposure I am creating for other people and that they're creating for me. <laughs> Debbie's, Debbie's online. Oh, hi, Debbie. She, she made our t-shirt. She She's our, our biggest fan. <laughs> um, but I did start a um, Zoom conversation for my prenatal clients mm-hmm. so they can all have a virtual community together. I do that once a week and then I do one for my postpartum clients. Um, and that no, I like that idea. It's been lovely. I like that idea of bringing all the moms. You, know? mm-hmm. you bring all the moms, even ones that are like 10 weeks in with the 38-weekers? Oh, yeah. Everybody's together. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's not super organized. I kind of just, like, let them share and then pull out some themes or things 
but you know we want to talk about sort of what seems to be going on for people. But it's been really it's been really beautiful. Look at somebody says that they were kicked, oh, they were kicked out thirty so minutes sorry. after your son was born. I wish you had planned a home birth too. I would have loved to have supported you. Yeah, Adam. I'm sorry so about sorry, that, Adam. Adam. Um, I did see your baby though, and it's beautiful. And you know, we can talk a little bit about this right now because because I mean, we can. I guess this conversation is going to go wherever it goes. But what, what Yogi and Adam just said is so unnecessary, and it really does reveal how hospitals really look at birth. And I've said this so many times in the last couple of weeks that I don't remember who I even said it to because I'm repeating myself in all these conversations. But what, what's happening is that hospitals that have worked so hard for the facade of the label of being mother baby friendly, this whole thing where they get out there and they're, and they're you know, they're, they're breastfeeding and they're doing and they're dual friendly and they have this label that's put out there. You know what I'm talking about? The mother baby friendly yeah. label. Mm -hmm. The minute that there's a crisis, the minute that there's a crisis, they find that mother baby friendly isn't important anymore. So it really shows you what they think about birthing and about pregnancy in general is that it is no different than taking your gallbladder out. Why would you need a support person there while you're having your gallbladder out? Well, their, their job is um, about protection. No, it's not. That's what they say. It's always about safety. But if they were really concerned about women having babies, they could move labor and delivery to a different building. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. They could have moved it out of the hospital. What about COVID moms? Well, COVID moms are different. Okay. COVID moms would need to be mm -hmm. in an isolated sort of, but then we're not talking, Yogi, Yogi Adam isn't talking about his wife having COVID, right? Like no. I'm playing devil's advocate. I hope you guys know yeah, she, does, she does that with me all the time. <laughs> no, I mean, to not, have, to not allow doulas, to not allow your mother or your, your mother-in-law or people that have been planning this thing for forever, and it's a huge event for them. You know, say your mother-in-law has, has cancer and she wants to see her child being born, and, and, you love her, and you love her, and you wanted her at your birth because she's a great support person for you, your mother. They're not allowed there, and the women are, are totally isolated. And God forbid they should spike a fever from an obstetrical reason, they might get separated from their baby. Well, they're actually testing every woman. Um, most hospitals testing everyone prior to um, admitting them. And if they test uh, positive, even asymptomatic, they're, they're going to be separated. Yeah. Or, or they're going to be recommended. What I've also heard is that most women are in the hospital that I was talking to someone about they're declining being separated. Yeah, but here's the scary part. Which you can do. You can you can decline being separated from your baby. But here's the scary part. They don't even know if what they're doing makes sense. Well, a lot of this is guesswork. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's all guesswork because mm -hmm. there is no data. Right. And there are state, look at, look, at, look at the difference in countries and states. All right. I mean, people are saying that New York is so bad because they closed down six days after California did. And that's why New York is so bad. But Florida closed down 10 days after New York did, and Florida is, is, is the same or better than California. Mm -hmm. And Florida's full of old people. Well, anyway. So um, they don't really know why things are happening. Why is 50% of the people that are dying in New Jersey and New York only? I mean, they don't know. Mm -hmm. And first of all, the lockdown was initially so that hospitals weren't going to be overwhelmed. Right. And hospitals aren't overwhelmed, and they're still locked. Well, now that the goalpost has changed, they've moved it to say, well, we can't let anybody get sick. Well, you know what? That's going to ruin everybody's <laughs> life. You know, the midwives, Alex and, and Jennifer Louise and, and Monica and I were all at the office yesterday. Mm -hmm. the they time. share an office in Calabasas. And we, Alex, of course, you know Alex, um, she's so desperate. She said, I'm so desperate for human contact. Yeah. For hugging is not hugging your patients when they leave or when they, when yeah. they show up or yeah. or hugging each other. You know, we had a birth yesterday and everybody was ecstatic and nobody nobody hugged each other. Yeah, it's a different it's a different situation. That's yeah. the part that I really you know I was I I did an Instagram post yesterday about there was an article in the Daily News that they interviewed me and one of my clients. Oh, so, well, you can tell me about that. Yeah, so I posted it yesterday oh, wow. and um. A woman from Kansas, I believe, who's a birth worker, was very confused about why we're wearing masks at home birth. 
And um, we kind of got into a conversation about, you know, the standard of care here is that we are all wearing masks at birth. And, um, and I asked her. I hate, them, I hate them, by the way. I do, too. Oh. And I asked her, I said, so tell me, like, out in the world, like, when you go to the store and when you're taking a walk and all of that, are, are people wearing masks? And she said, no, no, most of them aren't. So it, it's interesting, like, in our demographic here in Los Angeles, it's very rare now to see somebody outside without a mask on. It's getting less rare, at least, where, you know, it depends which neighborhood you're in. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting today is I went to my bank, all right, and it's interesting how certain corporations and stuff are taking this so much more seriously than others. My bank, there's three there's three desks in there. It's a very small little bank over here on Ventura Boulevard. And I went in this morning to do something with one of my accounts. And they have little red squares with chairs in them that are six feet away from the desk where these people sit. Yeah. And these people, and you have to wear a mask to go in, and these people are in there using, they're wearing gloves on their own desks. Mm-hmm. Or the people in the car with their masks on in the car by themselves. That too. <laughs> but why are they wearing gloves on their own desks? Nobody's touching their desk. Well, because you can't, you're not very far away from them. On their, key, on their keyboard, imagine having gloves on trying to use your keyboard. Mm-hmm. Well, I do. When I'm at a birth, I have to use my oh, that's right. electronic medical records, right. and so it's very awkward. Do you ever take your gloves off the birth? Yes. Because I, no, I don't wear gloves except when I'm doing something. Yes, but I've only done one birth with you so far. Since during this time. Yeah, during this time. They're coming. My May is very full, so they're coming. But... um. There's a lot more to think about. There's a lot, and I think that that part has been very exhausting for me. You know, it's like you get into your rhythm of how you do your births and your prenatals and all of that, and now there's this whole process of putting on gloves, putting on a mask, wiping things down. What did I touch? What did yeah, I so I think the Kansas, Kansas sort of makes much more practical sense to me because, quite frankly, I, I you know, again, people, some people write in and think that I'm being crazy about this, but I think that it's the death rate, the, the transmission rate of these things, no one really knows. I mean, they've done three studies now in the United States, one at USC, where they found that, that, that the infectious rate is much higher in the general population, the people with antibodies, than they, than they would ever have thought of before, right? More people have antibodies. Yeah, more people in LA, like, they extrapolated out to be about 400,000 people have antibodies in, in, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. all right? But there's only been reported 8,000 cases. Well, because we talked about this, most people were staying home. And but that means they've gotten it and they never got sick enough or even right. they never got sick at all. Right. To change the whole culture yeah. for something like this is, you know, this is going to set a really bad, what are they going to do anytime there's another crisis? Are they going to lock down the world? Very concerning. Right. So getting back to Yogi Adam, Yogi Adam, I think that that was just, I'm sorry about that. It was really, it really busts me up when I hear that hospitals are doing things and nobody there can stand up to it because I'll tell you, I've, I worked at a hospital for 28 years and I know that anybody who stands up to the administration of the hospital gets squashed. Mm-hmm. So there's no, there's no um, ability to defy or even conflict with, with, with the policies that come down. Do you feel like that's the case right now just in general, not, not even in hospitals, but as a culture? Oh, yeah. Well, certain, in some areas, worse than others. Some states, worse than others. I think, yeah. People are following a lot. I mean, the idea that beaches are closed, that parks are closed, that, they, that in L.A. they had to dump sand in a, in, a, in a skate park to keep kids from having fun. Mm-hmm. All right? No, there was never a reported case of a kid getting COVID at a skate park, and they still filled it up with sand. Well, because everybody to be home. But why? I'm just saying, why? Um, yeah, this... Our client, our um, listener said that there's a drug, a classified drug overdose as COVID death Oh, that's another big thing that's going on right yeah, now is, is um, Medicare coding reimburses hospitals more if the diagnosis is COVID than if it's the flu. Did you guys get that? Yeah. <laughs> so. What do you think is going to happen people, to the numbers when that? I would bet you that there's that there all these COVID deaths and you'll see a, suddenly there's been a, a decrease in the rate of Deaths from heart attacks. Yeah, they have. Yeah. yeah. Asthma, epi- emphysema. Those, mm-hmm. those people aren't dying anymore. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, sorry, the word is leaving me for the lungs. 
pneumonia. That's the other one, heart disease, pneumonia. Yeah. Yeah, because everything, because if I was a hospital biller, I would label everything as a COVID death, which then, then inflates that number too. Right. You know, that's why you can't really, it's really hard. You can't really trust anything. That's why you trust common sense. Common sense is we've lived our lives in the world. And there's a lot of evidence, by the way, that says going outside the sun is better for you than staying inside. Well, let's just talk about immunity in general, yeah. right? Um, what we know about immunity is that immunity responds to exposure. Yeah, go ahead and text me that. I'll, I'll take a look at that article. Um, immunity responds to exposure. So when we are exposed to other yeah. people, our immunity gets built, boosted when we're exposed to bacteria. Now, of course, being exposed to COVID, for some people who are high risk, um, it is a really serious thing. But what are we doing about What's happening to our immunity overall by being isolated inside of our house, it's not going to make us healthier as people. No, and, and, and epidemiologists have to know that, and yet they still, I don't, I don't know what, what they're doing and why they're doing it. I mean, one of my favorite old books, which they've made into movies several times, that was War of the Worlds. And the way we defeated, the, or the way Earth defeated the Martian invasion was because the humans had earned their immunity over millions of years, oh, yeah. right, <laughs> and the Martians came here and the, all the weapons couldn't stop them, but bacteria stopped them. Mm -hmm. And it's the same sort of thing. I just think that, yes, there are going to be waves of pandemics and some people are going to die from that, but people are going to die from other things as well, all the time, for far more often than that, that we don't make us think about at all. Opioid addiction for what? Depression. Yeah, there's no crisis, no lockdown, no nothing. So. When it, you know, I guess we're we're getting sort of off track, which we can do. But I think it's important. I don't know if we have a track. But it's important. Uh, we'll keep reading. Look at some of this. Did you see interview with Bakerfield Docs? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. it's all common sense. It's total common sense. Um, Is there any source document that conserved as evidence that hospitals are receiving higher reimbursement for COVID tests? It would who are having a hard time being open. You know, here, I will, I will look that up because I can look up, a, I can look up coding and reimbursement, I think, and I can talk to my biller. But if any of you guys work with a biller, you can ask your biller to check, even though we don't bill for that stuff in our profession, but you could ask your biller to check. They have these computer programs and they can check and they could see what the diagnosis is for COVID reimburses versus what the diagnosis for pneumonia reimburses. That would be kind of cool. Let's all do that. And when we talk next week or whatever, you can email me and I'll put it out on, on my Facebook page or something like that. What we find out. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, um, That's a great question. Cause I, I, you know, you're right. I heard it on the news. I read it in one of my uh, papers that comes out from the American Association of physicians and surgeons, which is a group of, of doctors that I trust. It's a group that represents private practice doctors not corporate medicine. So I'm a big fan of their newsletter, which comes out every week. And I trust some of the things they say in it, and that's one of the things they say in it. So, and they really don't have an axe to grind. I mean, and they, and they don't have, a, not an axe to grind, but they don't have a, a dog in the fight. Um, because it would make sense if they were part of that, then why would you spill the beans? You want to continue to abuse the system. Who would? Well, anything. That's why I trust the AAPS because uh -huh. they're exposing it as uh -huh. opposed to. You don't think they're benefiting. Right. 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 You're not questioning their motivation. Would you guys say wearing masks at birth more to appease the client's concerns than belief that is preventing transmission? She's asking you. Oh, me. Would you say? It's on your screen. Okay. I will tell and you honestly. I will tell you honestly. I am not afraid of getting COVID. I am not afraid of dying from COVID. I feel very like my immune system is very strong. I've been living a healthy lifestyle for a very long time. Um, I think that if I got exposed to it, it would hit me like a bad flu and I would, um, I would take care of myself. However, the reason why I am couple of reasons why I'm protecting my clients and myself. One is because it's the standard of care currently here.
So it's the expectation from the professionals and from the clientele, correct? Yeah, it is. You said peer pressure. Yeah, no, you, I love when you say standard of care because you know what I think about standard of care. Yeah, but, but I get it. No, but no. as midwives, if we're not adhering to the standard of care to a certain degree, we're, we expose ourselves. So sometimes I do, out, I do go outside of the standard of care because I'm in agreement with my client about that. However, if I got somebody sick, I would I would have a lot of guilt around that. So um, plus, I'm not like I have a friend who is um, going through chemotherapy right now. One of my best 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 friends who was with me for weeks and weeks and weeks after my daughter passed, and I can't be with her right now because if I exposed her and I'm out being with people. And I'm more at risk than those of you who have stayed at home for a very long time. So people who have been isolated um, for 14 or more days, they're very, very low risk. But I'm, I'm having people come and go. I'm going to people's houses. And even though I'm really protecting myself, I could put her at risk. Therefore, I could also put my clients at risk. So I'm not willing to do that, even though I don't believe that most of those people would get very, very, very sick. Um, it's an agreement that I have between my, me and my clients. I did have a client who's a doula, a birth worker. She's not due for a couple of months, and she said, can I insist that you don't wear a mask? I've had clients too. I, I, uh, people come into my office and they say, <laughs> I hate my mask. I say, would you like to take it off? And they said, can I? And I said, you sure you can. You still want me to wear a mask? Mm -hmm. And if I, they say, I don't care, then I probably will take it off mm -hmm. as long as I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. You know, last week I was under the weather a little bit. Which so is why we, we went together. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but it turned out I tested negative twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I was disappointed, actually. I told you that. Yeah, you wanted to be. I wanted to catch it. Yeah, I wanted to get it. Yeah. Oh, so um, I had a birth worker friend who's a doula who is a very, very, very hard worker. And she was working six overnights a week as postpartum doula. And she um, she got sick and got very, very, very sick. She had a pneumonia. Um, she was in bed um, sick and really had, I had a couple of text message conversations with her where she was like, I just want this to be over. I actually wish I could die. I mean, that's how sick she felt. They tested her, said that she was negative for COVID. She went back to the ER um, because she was having difficulty breathing, and they gave her um, probably steroids or something for that. Um, sent her back home and told her that ER doctor told her that she had gotten a false negative, that he was sure that she had COVID. They had given her the test, and, and he was sure that she had it. So she just texted me just before we started that she took the serum test, and she definitely had COVID. She's got antibodies now. Yes. So um, I, I have somebody close to me who's very sick. And also, Elliot, Dr. Dr. Berlin was in the hospital with it. But the thing that was happening with this particular friend that's very interesting to me is she's reevaluating how she cared for herself because she believes that the reason that she got so sick is because she was working all of these nights and not sleeping well and not taking care of herself. So her immunity was very much lowered. Um, so I think that that's something as birth workers that we also need to consider is that birth workers inherently don't sleep enough, they don't eat very well, they don't always um, have time to prioritize self-care. So as a birth worker, you also need to consider that that may lower your immune system and make you more susceptible to, if you got it, you may get sicker. So. But that, yeah, I mean, that's true of any infectious disease. That's true of anything, like the flu. And, 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 and I know people. People that, that take care of themselves, that eat healthy, that sleep well, right. that take supplements. Right. Like, I'm popping every morning, I'm popping vitamin C, zinc, uh, vitamin D. We're so proud. Yeah. And tonic water. Um, you, did you buy it? No, somebody bought me the tonic water. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> it was the tonic water, yeah. Quine, it's got quinine in it. Which I have some in case I switch right. really it's, it. it's a It's a worse tasting stuff, though, so you have to like mix it with other things. I know, you said that you were mixing it with diet. <laughs> and whiskey. Diet Coke and whiskey at night. It's great. That's a great combination, actually. Or ginger ale. Ginger ale, whiskey, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and 
kind of close. From the doctor. Right. Um, so Every evening. To finish that question. Even if you're pregnant. <laughs> he's joking. No, I'm not actually. <laughs> um, so uh, to finish that question, in terms of how I'm managing uh, the mask wearing, yes. if I'm physically within close contact, I'm wearing gloves and a mask. And this is because I want to not have, I want to lower the chance that I could potentially put someone else at risk. Um, if I'm doing a consult, or if I'm giving uh, postpartum instructions or something like that, or I can be at a distance from them, I'm taking my mask off. Because I feel like that can enable me to have a little bit of that personal connection, body language, you know, all of the stuff that, you know, you can't coo at a baby with a mask on. There's no facial, no, <laughs> right? you know, you, yeah. can, you can I mean, read eyes on. a little, you can read eyes a little bit, but there are no facial cues, and facial cues are so important yeah. in, in communication with people. Um, Part of me likes it though because all the fa facial recognition software is, is they can't know where you are because if you leave your phone at home, they have no idea where you are now. Isn't that great? Yeah. Yeah. Are you leaving your phone at home? No, I can't. <laughs> Speaking of that, I got a text this morning at six. Great question. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm digressing here. I, I got a text this morning at six oh one. Okay, from a recruiter mm -hmm. asking me if I was willing to take some shifts. You know, and I can tell by the way they used English, they were probably working for a company, but they were probably from a foreign country. So this was at 6.01. So when at 7.30, when I woke up, they texted them back and said, you know, even if I was interested, I wouldn't work with your company because it's very rude to send people texts at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and, and he goes, but, and then he responded, but it's urgent. And I go, well, yeah, but some people, especially doctors you're texting, might very well be on call or have their phone on all the time, like me. So, you know, and then he said something else. I said, can't you just say you're sorry? I got this dial on the guy and then I blocked, then I blocked the number, but, but nothing pisses me off more than getting like a call that you can't prevent getting from some marketer yeah. at 4.30 in the morning or 6 in the morning. Yeah. Because those of us in the business have to keep our phones on. Back in the day, before uh, you could get marketing calls on your cell phone, you knew anybody that called you was somebody you actually wanted to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, I don't pick up any calls uh, that I don't recognize the Me number. Right. Oh. And, and then they don't leave a uh, voicemail message anyway. So then you know that they were computers, probably. Did you get a question? No, not really. Um, just, just kudos. Lots, yeah. of, lots of kudos. So one of the things that we were talking about last week besides immunology, yeah. um, I asked you if you were ready to talk about vaccines, and you said you we were ready. Wow. <laughs> That's a topic. Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, like, oh, you know, the picture that I posted on Facebook where I'm wearing the hat that says, make, make vaccine, it's a red hat, it says, mm -hmm. make vaccine manufacturers liable again, mm -hmm. 30,000 views, which is a big number for me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I have very real strong concerns about this. What, what the power brokers are going to do with the, you know, every, never let a good crisis go to waste. I mean, there's already talk of our civil liberties being forever changed and you having to have a vaccine card to get on an airplane. Yeah. Um, my feeling about this vaccine that they're going to come out with in record time with, from companies that have no liability, if there's a, if there's downsides to it because of that 1986 law, is that every lawmaker who passes a law that says that this has to be taken, they, their parents, their kids, their family, have to all on television get vaccinated, and then I'll decide two months later if I'm going to be vaccinated or not. Okay? You think it's good for me? You do it first, and you give it to your kids. Right? And then let's see what happens. Okay, because I would not trust the vaccine. First of all, the drug this this thing mutates. So are we gonna now we're, are we gonna need a COVID vaccine every year? Too is a American College of Wuhan gonna recommend that every pregnant woman get a flu vaccine, a Tdap vaccine, a COVID vaccine in the third trimester of pregnancy? Something that's never been tested in in pregnant women, and we're gonna give it to them because why? 
because very small number of people might get sick. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I, my opinion of vaccines hasn't changed at all. In my opinion, some of them are, 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 are reasonable. They've saved lives. I don't doubt that. I think the vaccine schedule is crazy. I think when the CDC puts on the website that the MMR is, is safe and doesn't cause autism, and yet they spent over $4 billion in their vaccine injury compensation fund for injuries from vaccines that aren't supposed to injure people, and that you look at what's going on right now, how does anyone have any faith in any government agency ever? I think that that's what they were saying, like, right now. Confidences. That's one of the challenges is that we don't, we're, we're not in a place where we trust the government. If this had happened another time. And Maybe in the 40s or 50s. Right. 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 But that's not nobody trusts the government right now. There's all that, you know, and then again, you can't trust the media to, to keep the government Someone said, someone said, preach, yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> well I, you know, I, I just think, I mean, yeah, the, you know, my friends, uh, Jen Margulis and, uh, and Paul Thomas wrote a book called The Vaccine-Friendly Plan. And I think The Vaccine-Friendly Plan is a great book for all parents to look at um, and read because what it, it, they're labeled as anti-vaxxers, but that's, of course, what people do when they have no argument is they become, they get, they send out pejoratives against you. But it's not the vaccines necessarily that are horrible, but it's like giving so many vaccines at, at certain individual visits that it just can't be good for a kid to get six vaccines when they're eight, when they're twelve months old. Right. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too interested in taking a vaccine, so I don't know what that means. And I think that I think that's what we were kind of said in the beginning. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen out of this. You know, and I think that... Well, we can see it coming. And, 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 and again, things never go back. You never see uh, yeah. legislatures pass laws getting rid of old laws. Okay? They just don't do that. They always make new laws. More more restrictive laws. All right? And, and some of the things that have been passed now, some of the ordinances are completely unconstitutional. Yeah. They're completely unconstitutional. And yet, no one's saying anything. Not the press. The press used to be, you know, the bastion of freedom. They're the people that were supposed to hold governments accountable. Now, when, when a governor or something says you can't do this, it's like, well, wait a minute. I have freedom of speech. I have the right to assemble peacefully. You can't just say, I can't do that. And no one's challenging it. I mean, there are people, that, but, but, but no, I don't see any. Where's the ACLU? Everybody's home. Being good. Well, it's another thing. You can't get a birth certificate now, either. But we don't. Nobody's traveling. <laughs> yeah, but, well, okay, well, then get me this. If we can't get a birth certificate because the courts, the courts are closed, mm -hmm. how come there's 26 million unemployed people in the United States right now, but not a single government worker is unemployed? I don't have the answer to your question. Think about that one. <laughs> there are things to think about. I think that we need to ask, we need to be asking questions. I think if the government is closed, is why are they furloughed? Why are we paying their salary when they're telling us that we can't go to work? Not us, but mm -hmm. us in the general sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of problems. It's tyranny. It's, it's, it's tyrannical. It's uh, yeah. and, and you give a small person a little bit of power, and they all become little Napoleons, and they love it because. It, it meets some psychological need in them to control others. And what about the snitch lines? How's that? You've heard about this too, right? Yeah. Yeah, the mayors and, and governors are encouraging you to snitch on your neighbor. That's going to do. That's going to do great when that when this is over. That's going to make for great relationships in the neighborhood, isn't it? Yeah, I'm a little worried actually because I see clients at my house. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a little worried that someone's going to be like she's having people over all the time, even though you know it's, I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, an essential worker. But there's part of me that just doesn't even want to like go through that hassle, you know. Somebody says little Napoleon. I guess I guess little <laughs> Napoleon is actually a uh, tautology. Cough, cough, gates. Um, because he's little, so it's sort of a redundancy. So. <laughs> say little Napoleon. Napoleon complex. You don't see, you need to say little Napoleon complex, right? Thank you for that, Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but so, 
So you don't feel like you'll be taking the vaccine. You're not going to change your recommendation. I will, I will not take a vaccine for this because I don't know. If they tell me that I can't renew my passport unless I take a vaccine, I will probably have to take a vaccine. But I want to see them be held liable if if these vaccines are not safe or not effective or not or or cause injury. Yeah, I won't be doing it right away. I would rather not travel for a while before until I see exactly what's happening because um, you know, I'm not an anti vaxxer, but I do believe in vaccine safety and I do believe that drugs and I mean this is one of the things that we were talking about the other day, and you're like, wait, 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 stop talking. Talk about this on, on it when we're together. Is that, you know, I believe in nature. This is the fundamental thing that you guys hear me talk about all the time. I believe in our bodies. I believe in nature. I believe that nature has a wisdom oh, way what, beyond. How come my video ended? Can I, is it been an hour? What science understands. It only ended in 30 percent end live video. Still going, oh. Well, that's the end of it. Oh, I just heard a ding. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what the ding was. Okay. Um, so I want to know, like, what what's interesting to me is when we talk about birth work being like trusting the body and trusting this beautiful design, why are we all of a sudden feeling so differently about our immunology, yeah. how our body responds to viruses and how it needs that feedback, how it needs to happen, how, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go deep, but I have to say this is like, you know, we are one part of nature and we're so egocentric as human beings that we believe that our lives surpass the life of all of these animals that are going extinct over the ocean that's really sick over, you know, all of this is we work together symbiotically. And I trust that. I trust that in the same way that I trust that the body knows how to deliver a baby. Doesn't mean that we don't sometimes step in and support when things are going completely out of whack. But to try and control a whole system, to control this whole virus, to control the the entirety of it to me is the same thing as putting birth in the hospital. You know, do you understand? Yeah, what I'm I, I do. Yeah. So I that's do. my concern is that you know there there I don't know I don't know if you heard about this. It's either the polio vaccine or the AIDS vaccine that was given in Africa, and half of the children were vaccinated, and the other half weren't just because of the population where they were, and the kids that were given that vaccine. Um, were 10 times thicker. I read that study. With I, I, other, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was yeah. polio. Because there, no, there was no HIV vaccine. So. Well, there's something that they were working on in Africa. Oh. Yeah. It might have been, might have been polio. polio I yeah. Think. So those kids were 10 times thicker with other things because their immune system was affected by this vaccine. So it's like we just don't understand enough, and especially about this virus. You know, I mean, as you can see, the information that you're hearing from all different directions, there's not enough that's understood about the, the this virus in particular, about the vaccines, about the effects on it as a whole, about the economy as a whole. I just think that we should be really asking a lot more questions. Yeah, and the absurdity of saying, well, well, we should shut down the economy until we have a vaccine. Okay. That, Thank I mean, you. that is that is absolutely absurd. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have a response for somebody who's so stupid enough to say something like that. And yet, some of these guys on television every night at the, at the president's briefing and other things are saying that Dr. Fauci and other people are implying that. So these people are are epidemiologists or infectious disease people. They're very smart in what they do. But one of my mentors said something the other day, which I really like, and he said. It's just because someone's an expert does not make them wise in everything, in anything else. Right. And there's a famous quote by William F. Buckley, a famous conservative um, talk show host and, uh, and writer, that said that he would rather be governed by the first 2,000 people in the Boston phone book than the 2,000 professors at Harvard University. All right, because he believes there's more wisdom in the common sense steel worker than there is in the professor at the uh, political science at some major university. And I think that we're seeing that right now. 
And then and the, what we need, we need people that, and we're seeing pushback, and then people, like in anything else, people that are pushing back are then labeled. Right, as selfish. Selfish. Oh, yeah. All you care about is the economy. Wait a minute. You know what? I have children, all that stuff too, but they're saying anybody who doesn't want to continue the lockdown is just interested in money. All right, or their their stock portfolio, which is which is it's so it's 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 such narrow minded. Err, err. And I'll give you another err. I know, I, I'll give you another err, which is classic. What happens when when people feel threatened? When establishments feel threatened, what they do is they push back really hard. And you're going to see. I just I, there was an article just out of the American Academy of Pediatrics. On the evils of on, on the on the ill on the on the unsafety of home birth, and because now on my feed every night on my Google feed I get home birth alerts all about home birth rising home birth this people having home birth blah blah blah. Now you start now you're starting but now you're starting to see pushback from the organizations that are going to come out and you're going to see the two my favorite two guys Chervinak and Grumbach come out with a paper in the next few months probably. Uh, railing against home birth, citing themselves as experts and citing their own papers as references, and you're going to see the American Academy of Pediatrics say it's unsafe, and you're going to see ACOG say it's unsafe, and you're going to see this pushback, and that's a good thing because when they're pushing back like that, you know that they're feeling threatened, and feeling threatened is what they need to feel because their model has not served the American women well at all. No, and what they're or doing, children. and what yeah, or children or the future generations, and what they're doing right now. With pregnant women, as we talked earlier in the in the, uh, the Facebook Live conversation, shows that they don't consider pregnancy to be anything other than some other medical illness. Right, not a momentous event. A transitional, a transitional thing. Right? Where your baby is being imprinted with all of the things that are happening in that moment or in those moments immediately after delivery. I mean, imagine what is going to happen to us as a as a culture, as a generation of babies who are welcomed with masks or separated from their mom for long periods of time who aren't able to breastfeed, where all of this fear is coming through. Like just, you know, we have to be thinking a little bit bigger than just in the immediate. And the thing- That's not what experts do. (laughs) Experts think in in the micro. I'm talking to you guys. Yes. I'm talking to the individuals because you know, you, you re- I love, I think one of the things that Dr. Fishbein and I, although we have maybe different politics, we, we align in the respect of, you know, using common sense and, um, and not letting your personal decisions of, of what feel right to you in your body, in your family, be usurped by science, by um, some other doctor telling you that you can or cannot do something. We want you to be thinking for yourselves and we want you to be asking questions. And um, I would like to create a, a potential of really being authentic about how we're feeling about all of this. Now, I don't have all the answers. That's a no. Do mothers really have to no. wear masks? At home. No. no, not at home. No, moms don't need to be wearing masks, but the providers in many states we were talking about earlier should be wearing or you know can be wearing masks. Some hospitals are making the mothers wear masks. No, I think it's uh, I don't know how you could be in labor and be wearing a mask. I think that that is just um, cruel. Honestly, I think it's cruel. I think um, you should be able to have your mask off um, and people should protect themselves from from that. Um, What was I saying? I don't know. Never mind. My rant is gone. I got another rant. Oh boy, here we go. Okay. So again, it gets back to the decisions that are being made by our political supposed leaders in, in that. But we're going to try and not be too political. No, we're not being political. But I, I look at my, I look at my, I'm looking at my picture uh, on the screen right now. I'm going, man, do I need a haircut? You need a haircut. Okay. I'm starting to look like Albert Einstein. I can just pull my hair out like this, and then I can just. Yeah, I have to clean it up right here. Right. And my, you can't see the back of my head. Anyway, I need a haircut. Why can't I get a haircut? Well, do you know that that's one of the first things they're going to open? No. Haircuts but why did they close them in the first place? But they kept liquor stores open. Mm-hmm. Marijuana stores open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can buy lottery tickets. 
You and they closed down any, any of the things that generated revenue for the state, they left open. You couldn't go to church, you couldn't go to church, but you could go to the liquor store. If you could walk around a supermarket, even though they're letting only a certain number of people in at a time, why couldn't they let a certain number of people in at a time in in uh, a department store to go clothes shopping? Not essential, or, or, which I understand. It isn't essential. Well, clothes, clothes, clothes are essential. Shoes are essential. I think we're okay with not shopping. Why? Well, it's okay, but why is a pot store essential? I understand. <laughs> right. I understand that there's a diff there's definitely an interesting. Why, my Pilates, my, my Pilates instructor had a little suite. Much smaller than that. I mean, like, like essentially, maybe ten by twelve feet was her little office mm -hmm. with one reformer machine in it. Like my, like my office. Yeah, with one reformer machine in it, she had this uh, little office. And she, during the early part of the lockdown, she kept it open, and then she would have one client at a time, separated by a half an hour in between, where she'd wipe down everything, and it was it was great. And I needed that because. That's my physical therapy. I have problems with my legs, yeah. and the Pilates was really, really helping me. Pain. And then, so one of the neighbors in her industrial building wasn't in her house. It was she had an office in a small two-story office building in Santa Monica. And somebody, she got a note on her door from one of the people in her complex saying, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, I see you." And she had to close down because she was worried about getting a thousand-dollar fine. Yeah. Why is that not essential? Why is chiropractic not essential? Yeah. I agree. Okay. Ranting. And, but, I yeah. agree. Haircut. I agree. Car wash. <laughs> Car wash. It's essential? Absolutely. <laughs> Have you seen? You know, yeah, if, my car's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. If you, I mean, especially I go out, you know, I go to the ranch and I go out roaming. Mm -hmm. And my, you know, and then I go and I get stuff on my feet, like mud and stuff, and then I get my car. No, I can go through the, the, the cheap car wash at the gas station where you can buy a car wash, but... That, they don't do the inside of your car. Yeah. It's getting pretty filthy in there. There's probably COVID virus everywhere. <laughs> I need it wiped down professionally. I agree that it's very interesting what what is considered essential and not. For some people, their spiritual health or their mental health or their or their therapy, uh, physical therapy, you know, is um, is essential to them. Yeah. Being okay, you yeah. know, I've been thinking about people saying it's selfish to go outside. Well, as many of you know, I'm grieving a loss, and I have to go out and walk in nature. I, I I need to do that in order to be okay, and I don't have to explain that to anybody else. If I'm being safe and I'm and I'm not being close to other people, and I'm not, you know, I should be able to go. And, and be one with the earth because it's something that's really important to my mental health and to my spiritual practices. And um, it, it, that to me is, is very concerning. Yeah. I don't think that makes me a selfish individual. I think that it's someone who's taking care of their essential needs. And here's, a, here's, a question. Here's, a, here's a question along that line. Yeah. Okay. We both have iPhones, right? Yeah. Okay. What happens if it breaks? Yeah, you can't get it. You're out, you're, you're, you don't have a phone. Which for our profession is very important. It's right. essential. Right. Yeah. But the Apple stores are closed. Yeah. Right. The Verizon stores are closed, <laughs> I think. Aren't they? Uh, thanks, uh, yeah. thanks, Alicia. I saw your comment. Thank yes, you. I do believe that. We'll see you soon, by the way. Um, so we're going to go for a walk today. I know. Yeah, I told She you. told me to wear my walking shoes. I told you to bring his walking shoes because we're going to go do a little visit in Malibu. city that I walk and then the other day with my with a friend of mine Lauren we went uh, into somebody called Deervale Canyon and even though the parking lot was closed you can park on the street and you can go and we walked in there and there were a lot of people walking everybody was very respectful yeah, of it. Just people had people, people had masks off when they when you were approaching from the other grade everybody pull their mask up yeah. and put it on yeah. Um, yeah and there were no police 
police telling us we couldn't go there. But it was great. It was great. The flowers are in bloom because in the hillsides are all green right now. It's really pretty outside here in Southern California. Not today, right? I mean, today is 95 degrees outside. Well, virus doesn't like heat. Right. So that's good news, by the way. And um, which, if you guys have saunas or jacuzzis or anything like that around, the virus really doesn't like heat. So it's another good hack, keeping yourself healthy, which saunas are good anyway. But, um, any other interesting cases with your client load? Oh, I did want to tell you before you, before yeah. you jump into that. I have a client, I was going to bring it back when we were talking about doulas and stuff, and someone did say in Santa Barbara they've been advocating for doulas to be in the hospital and they won, so keep advocating for your essential um, people to be with you. But I have a client right now who's a VBAC mama who has really done her research and feels like she feels more comfortable in the hospital um, to deliver her baby, and only one person can come with her, and she is bringing her doula. Her husband is staying home. The fact that she has to make that choice is just painful. So I wanted to. Well, he's a, he's a good man. Yeah. Right. He said that they talked about it and he felt like that was the best choice right now because he knows that he can't advocate for her knee back the way that um, her duo would be able to. So he's going to stay home with their older child. And, and well, Michelle and Don would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them why. Because. Michelle Dodd doesn't think that, well, women should, he thinks women should labor all by themselves, but he certainly doesn't think men should be around while laboring women. Yeah. Right? He thinks we're a distraction. I think it's sad that we have to make those choices right now. So, okay, yeah. Any interesting cases? Uh, well, the breach was great um, because she had, she she was it, was, it was obvious when I met her, I met her about three weeks ago, I guess. She had had an attempted version someplace else and it didn't work. And when I looked at it, just looked at her belly and it was obvious that the woman had a septum. Oh, yeah. The one that just delivered? One that just delivered yesterday. But no one had said that she had a septum. Even the person that tried the version was a guy that I know who's good at it. Um, he never even mentioned it to her. But you could just see the shape of her belly. And then, and then there was an area over on one side on the upper left that was just fluid. There was nothing there but fluid, which is very commonly seen. And the placenta was off on the, into the right side. But yet no one had ever mentioned to her. So having a septum is a risk factor for baby staying breech. But in the, in the women that I've seen with a septate uterus who are breech, who, who do have a vaginal trial of labor, um, they usually go really quickly, very fast, and are almost all successful. That's fascinating. Yeah, I don't know what that is. But yeah, those uteruses, even though they're misshapen, they, they, they do great pushing out a breech baby. When the uterus is um, full with baby, you can't necessarily see that. You, you can't, can. yeah, no, you can't really, you couldn't, you couldn't really see the little divot inside, but you could just tell the way we baby yeah. was positioned and stuff. So I told her, it's really interesting, we're gonna, I'm going to see her six, eight weeks postpartum, we're going to do a quick ultrasound to take a look and see what we'll be able to see. It doesn't really matter, it's not going to change anything. She's just delighted. And then uh, next month I have three sets of twins, two of them in San Diego, so that'll be interesting. Well, all, all of them have had babies before. So my success rate with that is 98% of mm-hmm. women who've had twins who've had babies before. And uh, my only issue will be, will I just, will I be on the five freeway or will I be in their house when the right. babies come out? <laughs> and if it stays like it is right now during lockdown, I'll probably make it easily. Yeah. Because that was one of the, one of the things people who don't live in Southern California don't understand. You know, we would never talk miles about things. We talk how much time it's going to take someplace. But now if somebody, you have to go 20 miles, you're going to be there in 20 minutes because there's no traffic. Do you know when I was leaving your place the other day when I came to see a client with you the other day, I left and I, I hit traffic. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, what is yeah, going yeah, on? There was yeah. an accident, but it was really like it threw me off. Yeah, for, yeah, for, been for three or four so weeks, long. there's been no traffic. I did tell, I don't think I told the story on, on uh, to our listeners, but there was one night where I, when we went to a birth with you, um, it was in Altadena, and I got on the freeway about 1.30 in the morning at Coldwater and the 101 freeway, which is a very busy intersection, actually. And it was about 1.30 in the morning, and I got on the freeway, and for the whole first mile I was on the freeway, it was a misty night. It was sort of rainy, misty, and uh, I didn't see a single headlight or taillight. Yeah. Thursday, uh, Thursday night at 1.30 in the morning in Los Angeles, and it was, a pop- it was apocalyptic. It was... Like, wait a minute, this is like, I've seen this on Twilight Zone. Some guy wakes up and the whole, there's no, there's no people around. Mm-hmm. 
because that's what it was like. Did you ever watch The Last Man on Earth? It was a sitcom kind of show oh, that was on no, TV. No, no. Tell me about it. Well, um, I can't remember the actor's name, but anyways, it's there. He wait. They have a virus or something, a sickness, and he believes he's the last man on earth. And so, for many of the episodes, and then he starts like running into people. Yeah. But they do these signs where they say like "alive" in Tucson. So if somebody like is alive, they'll write a note so that someone knows that yeah. if you go to Tucson, there's people there. And I saw a sign like that going up the coast in Malibu. Right, so like alive. alive in Tucson, and I was like, oh, that's but, funny. That's a reference, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of that, we should talk about it. Oh, I mean, are you watching any Netflix or anything? <laughs> I love um, Ozark. Okay, so you're watching Ozark. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are watching Ozark. I've been watching Ozark. Yeah, of a lot of people are watching a A lot of people are watching this Tiger thing, which I have not. It's I watched one episode of Tiger King. That was called, yeah. Yeah, no, not, I, my, not my jam. I'm a, I, I like detective and and uh, shows. And I like the British ones most, but I really, really got into a Western one, a modern day Western one called Longmire. It was from 2012 to 2015 or 16. Um, Starring a guy named Richard Harris, I think, or Harrison, I can't remember, and uh, Katie Sackhoff and uh, and uh, um, oh, the guy from. Um, I forgot, I forgot, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. Anyway, I love that. I love that one. And now I'm watching one that's really dark, but it takes place in Wales. It's called Hinterland. Only three seasons of that. I got one episode left. That's tonight, my last episode. <laughs> but that's, so that's, you know, I, I come home and I, I get all my paperwork done. I do my Zoom meetings. It's, a, it's about 9.30, quarter to 10 o'clock at night. And then I sit down, usually with, and ginger ale, <laughs> <laughs> and a whiskey. They eat. What do they used to call them? The uh, nightcaps. Nightcaps. <laughs> I have my nightcap, and I watch my hour and a half episode of Hinterland. And I'm going to be done tonight, so I'm going to have to find something else. So I'm open to suggestions, but I do like British. Okay. I've watched all like the Sherlock movie like things that I've watched. Endeavor. I've watched the Did Prime Suspect. Prime Suspect was one of my favorite ones with Helen Mirren from it. From years ago. Did you watch Call Midwife? I've watched some of the Call the Midwife ones, but that's not a detective show. No, it's not. Right. No. Um, before we wrap up, which which my by the way, Instagram might die because my phone my phone is about to die, so sorry if I lose you. But I wanted to let you know I did do all of my I, really got two minutes left I, I know. I did do, do my statistics for um for you know the state. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting when you're going through and you're talking about transfers, one of the options that they ask you is if the baby was, the baby or mom had serious issues for six weeks or longer. Do you remember that statistic when you were reading it on our, um, no, you have to stay with me. Okay. I'm just, I'm just writing down the suggestions. Do you remember? Do you remember? What? Sorry. Six weeks or longer that the mom or baby had a serious condition. You were reading the statistics on a previous yes, podcast. Yes, I do remember that. So it leads you to believe that something happened at the home birth. But when I was doing my actual statistics, both of the cases where it was longer, that they had issues longer than six weeks, it was because of the C-section. And so I just felt like that was really interesting that, that the way that it's worded makes you think that they, there is a serious issue because they had a home birth. But these two situations in my statistics were because of the C-section complications, like a dehiscence of the scar both times. So anyways, that was kind of Well, you, know, we did have, we, you and I had a couple of people. I'm going to say goodbye, Instagram, because we've got 45 seconds, so we'll see you next week. They can, they can switch, can't they switch over to Dr. Stu's podcast? We're going to be on Facebook Live for just a couple more minutes on Dr. Stu's podcast. On Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, Every week. Um, you know, we've had a couple of women that I've seen, for you and other people, who complained of some vulvar problem from postpartum more than six weeks out of that Yes. Yes. Yeah, but that's not one of the things that they ask you. They just ask for transport. Okay. And then it's had your transports have any complications longer than six weeks. Oh, just for transports. Yeah, they don't ask you for anybody else. Okay, you're, you're, okay. you're over. So we're going to stay over here. <laughs> so we're going to say goodbye. Now, now I, can, I can actually look at one, one screen instead of two. Thank you for joining us. This oh, we are saying goodbye? Yeah. Oh, wait, oh, I got to put, put the music on. We got to do um, a couple of home visits today and take a walk. But we will be back next week.
unless we're out of birth, we're going to do our very best. Um, we might be having some changes with the podcast coming up soon. You think? We might. So we um, might be looking for some um, advertisements and marketing support. So if anybody is interested in helping Dr. Stu's podcast become more popular, let us know. Okay, it's great. We love you. Have a great week. All right, I'll see you all. Be good to each other. Yeah. Send us send us comments. See you later.